what's going on you guys welcome to my podcast and of course as you know the baseball season is coming to an end the postseason is just underway just about a week away and of course some good news for a lot of yankee fans including myself luis severino should be back by this tuesday and thank goodness now the yankees have a little more depth in their pitching rotation um I'm going to address this to the Yankee fans. Yankee fans, please do not panic. Because even now the game of baseball has changed, right? It's more about offense than it is about pitching. And the Yankees have had a lot of injuries all throughout the year. And I give Aaron Boone a lot of credit. The guy really knows how to manage. He really knows the game of baseball. And he always does his best to put the Yankees in his best position to win and to succeed. Um... Yeah, there's been some downs, but there's also been a lot of positives to take away from this season, you know? Um, I thought the trade for Edwin Encarnacion was was beautifully done, and I apologize for the background noise downstairs. But really what I'm trying to get at is, I think the Yankees are going to go far this season. I think we're going to, we're gonna, we probably might go to the American League Championship Series, maybe even the World Series, because if you look at the Yankees' rotation, right? You have Masahiro Tanaka, Jay Happ, who hasn't been all that great this year. Masahiro Tanaka, who struggled, who's been okay this year, but not as great as he was. Now you have James Paxton, who in the last 8, 9, 10 starts has been really phenomenal. Now you have Luis Severino. So who's your fifth starter? That's the question that the Yankees really need to answer. And I said it at the beginning of the season. Having this conversation with my uncle, I said the Yankees, they might need a sixth or a seventh starter. At least two more starters just to give the veteran guys a little more time to, to rest. Um, and of course, the pitching hasn't been that great this season. But I got to tell you this. In October, that's when Masahiro Tanaka is at his best. Because he knows the pressure is on to go to the World Series. And if Tanaka can pitch a good game and the Yankees can score runs, just trust me, this offense is one of the best offenses in baseball, possibly the best offense in baseball because you have guys that can hit home runs. Brett Gardner, who's having a pretty good season this year. Uh, Gary Sanchez, an all-star already in Gleyber Torres. Didi Gregorius, Giancarlo Stanton, when he comes back and if he's healthy. Edwin Issa, and I, excuse me, Edwin Encarnacion, when this guy's healthy, this guy can hit home run after home run. Trust me, the Yankees' offense are going to make it hard on their opposing team's pitchers to try to get them out. Now I move on to Jay Happ. Happ hasn't been that great this year. He hasn't been as great as he was last year. I get nervous when he pitches because I feel like he, I feel like he feels like he looks nervous, like he just doesn't know. What pitch to throw? Like he doesn't know what. Like if his fastball is like he like he doesn't seem sure of himself, and that can be a little bit of a confidence issue for the Yankees going forward. Because I personally, I like Jay Happ. I thought he was excellent last year, and this year you could see that he's starting to decline a little bit. But when Happ pitches a good game, he actually gives his team on defense a chance to really like. To really just settle in nicely. So for Jay Happ, have to pitch a good game, my friend. Have to go in October, pitch as best as you can. Now we move on 
Now, here's the question. Do the Yankees stick with what they've got in their lineup? Because Greg Bird is out. Jacoby Ellsbury is out. Stanton is still injured. Now, with these guys, these young guys, Mike Ford, Mike Talkman, these young guys are hungry. They play like they want it. I mean, when they... when Cashman called up Mike Talkman and Mike Ford. I mean, these guys, they just hit like it's like it's nothing. These guys are just incredible on offense. Defensively, they're actually really solid too. And I thought that the DJ LeMahieu signing was terrific. Because not only do you have a guy who can produce offensively, you can also play defense. So that's something that the Yankees have addressed. And looking at their defense... The defense is actually pretty good. But what worries me is they don't have enough pitching. And that's what they need. They didn't acquire that much pitching or much of anything during the trade deadline, which I know is disappointing. But looking at their pitching, I think that they're going to be fine. I think that how they're going to win the World Series is going to be based on the offense and if they can score runs, which they can, and get hits, which they can. So the pitching... Some people say it matters, some people say it doesn't matter, but to me, it matters a little bit. It does, but it doesn't matter also. Because what wins games is what? Offense, right? Offense wins games. Yankee fans, don't panic. The Yankees have done great this year despite a lot of injuries. I nominate Aaron Boone for the manager of the year in the Major League Baseball because he's done a terrific job. Yankee fans, I'll say it again. Do not panic because I just don't panic because we just might make it to the World Series. Just might. What's going on, everybody? My name is Frank. Welcome to my podcast. The NBA season is almost here. I am really, really excited to see what the New York Knicks are going to do. And for those who don't know yet, the New York Knicks are my favorite team. I've always been a fan of them. And a lot of people will say that the Knicks did not have a great offseason. And to a little bit of that extent, I'm going to disagree. I mean, no, they did not sign Kyrie Irving and they did not sign Kevin Durant. But if you think about what Steve Mills and Scott Perry are doing is they're building this team like the way they wanted to through the draft, right? And also, Kevin Durant, as great as he is, has dealt with some injuries recently. And Kyrie Irving, as great as he is, has also dealt with some injuries. And if you look at the Knicks and you look at the past off-seasons that they've had, right? The last decent off-season was the 2016-2017 year, even though they did not make the playoffs. But I felt like they had a really decent Buster with what they had to work with. Of course, that was the only great move by Phil Jackson. Um, but you look at the trade that they made for Stefan Marbury and how that did not work out. That was a complete disaster, right? You look at the trade for Eddie Curry and how that was also a disaster. You look at the signing of Joe Kim Noah that Phil Jackson did and how much of a disaster that was, knowing that Joe Kim Noah, as good as he was, has dealt with a lot of injuries and they gave him a lot of money for a guy who barely played 10 games and who not even played at least half of the 82 game season. 
So looking at the Knicks' past offseason moves, I honestly think that they had a really solid offseason. I'm going to tell you why. The Knicks group of guys that they have, they're all young. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 years old, right? Kevin Knox needs time to develop. I think he'll be a really nice player. I think he'll be a good win for the Knicks if he can improve on defense and have a little more confidence on offense. I think he'll be fine. You have Mitchell Robinson, who this year, this past year, has been really great. If he can develop a little more of an offensive game, I think that he's going to be the cornerstone of the Knicks, the glue that holds the Knicks defense together. And yes, I do think that Mitchell Robinson is really that good of a center. And you look at Damian Dotson, who this year has improved. Really good three-point shooter. Really good defender. Definitely brings it on both sides, offense and defense. You have Alonzo Trier, who is, uh, like Damian Dotson, they're both are good at playmaking. And if Trier can improve on his defense, I think that that'll be good for the Knicks because the Knicks can definitely use a little more defense than they've had the past two or three seasons, right? And then you look at Frank Nilakina. And some people will say that he's a bust, that he's not that great, he's really not that good. But if you think about it, this year in the FIBA Cup, he helped his team eliminate Team USA. And, if, and offensively, he's played out of his mind, really proving everybody wrong. And on defense, he is a really good, really elite defender that nobody really talks about. Because everybody talks about Frank Nilakina and his offensive game being not that great, as I previously said before. But nobody really looks how good of a, of a defender that he is. Like, you saw in the FIBA Cup how well he defended Kemba Walker. This guy has the potential to maybe, maybe someday be a candidate for the Defensive Player of the Year. Now, if Frank turns out to be a Tony Allen type of player, because we know Tony Allen, but right, he'll score you a couple of points, but Tony Allen's game is all about defense, right? And if Frank Nielkina becomes a Tony Allen type of player, a 3-and-D guy, a Courtney Lee type of player, that is not the worst thing in the world. As a matter of fact, if Frank Nilakina turns out to be like Tony Allen or Courtney Lee, that's actually really good. And those are, to those are two good, really, really good NBA players. Now you look at this offseason, right? They signed Julius Randle. I think that Julius Randle is going to be an all-star in the East. If he can improve defensively, especially man-to-man -man defense, if he slides his feet a little more quicker, if he improves, continues to improve on his three-point shooting, I think Julius Randle is going to be an all-star. I like his game. I like his, his, his toughness to really bully his opponents in the post, in the paint. I like what I see from Julius Randle, and I thought this was a great pickup by the Knicks. Todd Gibson, he's a guy that at the age of 33, 34, 35, can still grab you a few rebounds, can still get you a few buckets. He can play multiple positions. That's what the Knicks did this year. They got guys that can play multiple positions, because multiple positions, excuse me, because now they have a really deep bench. They have a lot of depth, and they might have one of the deepest benches 
in the NBA, if not the deepest bench, because you had the top Gibson, top Gibson. Sorry, um, you added, um, like I said, Julius Randle, and then you had Alfred Payton, a guard who has dealt with some injuries, yes, but offensively he'll give you ten, eleven points. But he'll distribute the basketball to the open man six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, and on defense, he's also really elite. This is a guy that the Knicks really, really had on their list, and I'm so glad that they signed him because I think that he will do really well for the Knicks. And if you look at this roster, this is a really solid roster by the Knicks. Really well put together. And in my opinion, I think the Knicks just might make the playoffs. Because Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers. LeBron James went to the Lakers. The East is wide open for all the teams in the East. And I think the Knicks can be a 7th, maybe even an 8th seed. I think the roster really is that good. And they drafted uh, Ignis, but his nickname is Iggy, who I think is going to be a really nice role player for them. They drafted RJ Barrett, if he can improve on his 3-point shooting. I think he's going to have an excellent career in the NBA. I like where this team is going. I like the direction that Scott Perry and Steve Mills went with this team. And they have another chance to make some noise in free agency after this season and the 2021 free agency. So Knicks fans, please be patient. Trust me, I think this Knicks team is going to be really fun to watch. My name is Frank. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Catch new episodes here on Monday and Thursdays. Every Monday, every Thursday. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Good night.